In today's episode, we're speaking to Michael Sherlock. Michael is serious about her business as she is about her hair. Before launching her global training company, Shock Your Potential, Michael was the vice president of US sales for two multinational medical advice companies, responsible for net revenue exceeding 75 million as many as, and as many as 500 employees at a time. Michael was also chosen as the number 12 of the top female entrepreneurs to watch in 2020. 21 by entrepreneursleague.com and is frequent media expert concerning hiring and employee management on local and national news outlets such as 6ABC in Philadelphia and Daily Blast Life. Let's speak to Michael and find out how she changed her life by changing her mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm super, super excited when I'm speaking to Michael Sherlock. Welcome, Michael. Oh, thank you so much. It's so nice to be on the other side of the microphone from you. Yes, you got you got to interview me once and now I'm doing it and now I'm interviewing you. Well, everyone's heard your intro and everyone's heard how amazing you are, Michael. But in your own words, please tell everybody what it is that you do. Oh, I am so amazing. It's so hard to be me. You are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, you know, the short answer is, is that my, my real passion is speaking and training on leadership and sales. And that's always been my sweet spot in this world. And if you would have asked me, you know, my intro before COVID and the world changed, that was what I was doing 98% of the time, getting on an Mm. airplane, traveling somewhere in the world to speak and train on leadership and sales. But since we had to make some very big pivots within our organization, we realized a couple of things. There there were ways to provide services to other small business owners like me who were trying to survive. Um, There were also opportunities for people to access resources that I use, like having an entire team in Kenya. So that's where we ended up building a second company where we match uh, small business owners like me and like you around the world with virtual assistants uh, that are based in Kenya. Mm-hmm. And so part of that goal for me is not just to provide those services anymore, but to do it in a way that we're building those people that that work with us and for our clients to really be truly global workers and to succeed. So my leadership and sales um, management training is really in a whole new realm and I'm using it in ways I never thought possible. And it's really a joy, but I might not have said that. Oh, back in March of 2020. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Oh my goodness. I can imagine. So um, tell us, how did you get into doing this? I mean, it's been quite a journey from where you started to where you are now. So share with us, how did you, what did you start with and how did you end up here and having a company, um, which is amazing by the way. So it seems like you're living your life purpose where you're providing employment opportunities to people in Kenya, but also allowing small businesses like myself to be able Mm -hmm. to utilize the skill set of such individuals uh, without the price tag. 
So, yeah, so please tell us, how did you start and how did you actually end up come, coming up with this, you know, this unique situation? We've heard for people, I mean, I've, everyone's heard of VAs in Philippines and so forth, but you're the first person I came across who's utilizing the, the talent, the raw potential talent in Kenya. It was such an accident, but it's such a wonderful accident. So I had a very I client and his um, offices were based in Singapore and in Thailand. And but he also had a team in Kenya and he had a team in uh, Nepal. And so I worked with him for several years. And in 2019, I actually traveled to Singapore and Thailand to meet with him and other members of the organization. And by that time, I'd worked with the head of the program in Kenya. And so she actually flew to Singapore to meet up with us. And it was was such an amazing adventure because I'd you know been speaking with her and working with her. But when I met with her, I realized she had never been on an airplane ever. And here she is getting on an airplane to fly from Kenya to Singapore. It was it was just phenomenal. Um, so long story short, I kept in touch with her and uh, a couple years later, uh, I guess maybe not a couple years later, about six months later, I w- reached out to her and I said, look, I need to start adding people to my team. And I'd like to work with somebody in Kenya because I know what your work ethic is. I know what the unemployment rate is. And I know that where I am at my, with my business at that time, especially when all of my, uh, you know, my world was starting to expand then because of all the things I had p- potential for 2020. And she said, well, I'll work with you. And I said, well, I can't do that because I'm still working with my client. I can't steal you from him. Mm -hmm. So uh, she got me in touch with somebody else. Lo and behold, I hired my first two people. Now, the the interesting thing is she now does work with my company because I no longer work with that client. Mm -hmm. Um, But from there, I just kept building my team. So when everything went sour with COVID in 2020 and my calendar with all these beautiful programs all over the world emptied out, I said, okay, this is when I'm going to take time and rebuild my company. I'm going to actually spend money and invest um, in time to work on some things that we should have done before. So Mm -hmm. I added my team in the middle of all that. We relaunched my podcast and all of a sudden I had all these guests saying, where did you find Josie? Where did you find mercy? Where did you find Lorna? Where did you find all these people you're working with? I said, in Kenya. Mm -hmm. And I have a hundred of them that I've interviewed that I can't hire. And I'd love to hire them all. And that's when somebody said, can you connect me? I need somebody from Kenya. And I realized uh, in one day, in one particular day, three people asked me, how can I find somebody like that? And I went, okay, here's an opportunity. Mm. I've met all these incredible people. Um, I know that I would hire them all if I could, but I can't. So maybe I can provide opportunities. And so what has grown out of that has been just phenomenal because, you know, like many other small business owners, when I needed it the most, when I needed help the most Mm -hmm. was just when I was reaping enough benefit from my business to pay myself back for my initial investments. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to hand over all your profits at that point in time, but you need help to grow and scale. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been a perfect merger of what has worked for me what we can make work for others and how to do it while providing great opportunity for people who seriously have great educations, but not a whole lot of work opportunity in front of them. I think we, we in the Western world don't understand the true value that some people can bring to us because we think when we think of Africa, unfortunately, we just have the idea of huts and people, you know, 
um, in the tribal clothing and just, you know, or tribal wards, because that's what, that's what really comes to mind when I when, when I think of it, unfortunately. It's media brainwashing, by the way. It's not the reality. Mm-hmm. And I Correct. fully accept it. Um, but this is, unfortunately, the, the general thing that even I've taken, and I don't watch the TV news much, but even from my limited passing here and there, my knowledge of it is so limited, which I'm speaking to and realizing that that's the image that popped to my mind when you mentioned Kenya. I was like, you know, tribal people, um, not very uh, aware of what's going on in the out world and um, huge potential because they're amazing people, but just limited. And now you just made me realize they have an amazing education system too. They do, they have the work ethic oh, yeah. is amazing. I mean, the people that I know um, from, from actually Africa in UK, um, they are the ones who are studying really hard and they're my mm-hmm. children's peers. They're amazing yes. individuals um, and they're all professionals and the doctors and the incredible work ethic. Like they work bloody smart. They work bloody hard. The kids work very, very hard. And one of the kids for my one of my with my my son, my son was going for Eton. He didn't get through to the second round. That child did. Um, mm-hmm. They're amazing. So, but we just have this limited, uh, you know, understanding of, of that such country, and therefore we don't pay attention to. But there's a huge opportunity there. Absolutely, it there is. And most of the people who work for us have at least one master's degree, and many wow. of them have two. But the working opportunities for them, especially if you look at ages like twenty to forty, is mm-hmm. virtually nothing. Wow. And in a lot of times, if you look at a lot of their resumes, you'll see a lot of work. Um, situations. You'll also see a lot of internships. There are a lot of internships that people are taking to get experience in Kenya, but they're not getting paid for that. They are mm-hmm. being used for for just their labor and their education, but not getting compensated. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you when you dive down and you learn more, it's really quite appalling. But yeah. what it is also is a great opportunity to say, you know what, especially where the world is today where we are going with more remote work is that if I can help one person, you know, not only have a job that they really love and work for somebody they really enjoy working with and make a difference in the world, but if I can give them skills that they could transfer to other businesses that want to operate globally, then we're really doing something. We're changing. Now, I'm not telling you I don't get pushback because I have people all the time going, why aren't you hiring people in Philadelphia in your own area? And I say, honestly, because I I could not afford them. Hmm. That is just not what I could have done for my business. And I had to decide to save my business in COVID. The Hmm. question was, do I hire more people in Kenya? or do I let my business fail? And I'm very happy with the decision I made. I'm very comfortable and confident with these hires that we make, Mm -hmm. but it does raise a lot of questions. And I think it's good for us to start to ask those questions about, you know, where is it important to make a difference in somebody's life and career? I agree. And I think, I mean, I I understand all, yeah, I understand the need and why people say, well, if you're able to afford help, then why not do it locally? Like I can, someone can ask me that. We have a lot of people who are without employment in UK. Why am I hiring people? None of my team members, by the way, so I'm going to be very transparent here. None of my team members are in the UK. Every single one of them is is in different parts of the world, from the Philippines to India to Germany to Australia to the US. Not one person in the UK. Uh, not out of choice. It's just that's why how how it happens. But I can, I, you know, the, 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 there's some tasks that I don't, I would not be able to afford. Um, right. My business wouldn't be able to afford, especially early days, um, from someone from UK. You know, paying all the extras because if I'm, if I'm employing them in UK. We have all the other, everything, all the other, not just the payment, but the, all the other expenses to go with it. And more so, I just, at certain times, the work ethos is better elsewhere. Um, this is what I found. And unfortunately, that's the, the case. But let's come back to you. So, you know, 
before you did this, you know, what were you doing then? And how did you end up in sales and marketing? Um, Because you've had quite a journey in your life in general, not just the fact that you've ended up in, you know, as having a recruitment company in Kent based around Kenya, but, you know, even before then, you had, because I remember having this conversation when you you and I got together on when I was being, when I was your guest. And I thought, my God, what a fascinating life you had. So so tell us how do you, you know, how did the little Michael go on to becoming this, you know, fantastic sales and, you know, marketing executive? Well, and when you and I'll I'll start the story where it actually begins, but I'll mm. give a little bit farther ahead that actually my degree from college was in elementary education, and I did teach for one year, and then there were no more teaching positions because there were not enough students, so they were letting teachers go, which I'm very thankful for because it got me back in a career path that dealt with sales, marketing, leadership. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. But if you go back, I was 16 years old and it was, I, I was babysitting for this woman. I'd babysat for her and her kids forever. And she worked at one of our uh, jewelry stores in my hometown. And it was like the old jewelry store. It was the one had been there forever, you know, sold the most expensive things. It was the schwanky place to work. And I remember she called me one day and she said, you know, we need somebody to be a gift wrapper in one of our mall locations for Christmas. Do you want it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And so I got hired to be a gift wrapper and I learned a lot of lessons. Like I learned how you dress to look appropriate, you know, in a jewelry store and Mm -hmm. things that nobody taught me, but I learned, and I learned a couple of them by making mistakes. But what I was really fascinated by when we had downtime is we had all these brochures that were about Rolex watches and diamonds and gemstones and Yadro porcelain and, and China um, and all these things. And they were fascinating to me. So I read all the brochures, like everything I could possibly read. I wanted to know about diamonds, what the color and the cut and the clarity meant. And I wanted to know how gemstones were rated and why some were more expensive and the differences in gold. And so I got so knowledgeable and I asked so many questions that one day it was just myself and the one salesperson who worked there. And this was a sale. This was a company that did not um, offer commission. Mm -hmm. So they just paid their salespeople a little bit better and there was no commission. So no, you know, no sense of trying to compete for customers. And I'm, a man walked in the store and she handed me, you know, cause all the little keys to the cases were you'd wear them on a little ringlet on your wrist and there'd be the keys to open up the jewelry cases. And she handed me her, her wristlet and said, why don't you go see what he wants? And I said, okay, had no, you know, didn't even dawn on me. So I walked over and I said, hi, my name's Michael. What brings you in today? He said, I'm starting to look to buy um, an engagement ring. And by the time he left about an hour later, I sold him an engagement ring and they, I did it by asking him questions. What do you want? What kind con- what does she like? What colors does she want? Like what shape, what kind of price range do you have? And when we got it all narrowed down, we found something that I knew was perfect. And I said, well, what would you like to do? And he said, I want to buy it. And I said, great, let's ring it up. And I remember my, my colleague and then a couple, the next day, my manager was like, what? You did what? I thought I was in trouble because I'm like, oh my God, am I not supposed to do this? But what it did for me is it turned out after that, I was never a gift wrapper again. 
Mm. I sold jewelry at 16 years old in the most swanky uh, jewelry store in my hometown. And I had that job all through high school and college. Mm. Even when I went to college 300 miles away, they'd always call me. And I give, I love the story because it taught me that never to be afraid of sales. I didn't yeah. know there was anything that quote unquote, you should be nervous about. I just knew that if you had conversations with people and asked them the right questions, they would tell you if they were ready to buy something and if they mm. were great and if they weren't great. Mm. And I've taken that through in every job till my last corporate positions where I was VP of sales for two different hearing aid companies where I was responsible for almost 500 people at a time and hundreds of locations of our retail stores and responsible for bringing in hundred million annually. Mm. And that to me was not any different than that first sale of an engagement ring. The only difference is what I learned along the way and how I learned to teach other people how to do it. Mm. I mean, that's quite a story and that must have given you quite a, quite a confidence boost at, at such a tender age, 16. It's, it's, a, it's amazing. And then, okay, so that, that explains where you get, went into marketing and sales. But then mm. when you took, you know, when you moved from corporate into your own business, how did that transition? Why did that transition take place in the first place? Mm. And then secondly, how did it take place? How, you know, what kind of mindset did you have to work on and develop? Well, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I've owned my own companies. This is the third time. This is the okay. third iteration of my life. The first time was in my twenties when I actually started a training company to teach people like how to be a better public speaker, small oh. business marketing, sales techniques. But I was a little too young and inexperienced and my worldview was really, really small. Mm. So I didn't have enough uh, knowledge to make it bigger. And I didn't have enough money to keep me afloat in order to do it. And I, all I knew was do the job, you know, at a company or do my own thing. I didn't know that I could have done both because that probably would have uh, been a different outcome instead of just having to let that business go. Mm -hmm. Then I had another successful consulting firm for several years and that company was, was great. Um, I loved it. I loved what I did where I, I worked with small businesses in the medical field and I helped mm -hmm. them grow their sales and help them to be better at what they did to have uh, profit centers. Um, but at some point in time, I had a, an offer that was too good to refuse to go back into corporate America. So I did. And in the end, the last position that I had, um, it was one of those turning points where that company was going through transition and uh, you could see the writing of the wall. Every one of the executive team kind of one by one was being, uh, you know, walked out on the plank mm. <laughs> and given the push. And, uh, and when my day came, I remember just saying, okay. And I, and I said, um, I have things that I'd like to finish up. I need to finish approving, you know, expense reports. I need to, you know, do this, that, and the other thing. And uh, the head of HR goes, wow. Okay. And I said, you know, if you want me to walk out of here, I will. Or if you want to sit in my office while I do it, I don't, you know, whatever, but I have obligations to my people and I want to finish them before I walk out of here mm -hmm. today. And I remember when I left that evening, another person in the company said, oh, I'll see you tomorrow. And I said, oh, well, no, because I, that today is my last day. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what? And I remember, and he goes, you seem very calm and positive. And I said, well, yes, when you get to this point, you know that that's always a chance mm -hmm. and you don't want it. You don't want that to happen, but you have a choice on how you react, mm -hmm. you know, whether it was right or wrong, it should have happened or not doesn't matter. The only thing that we can control is how we react to it. So I remember calling my husband going, I'm coming home early. And he's like, yeah, okay. I bet I know that what that means because we'd been talking about it. I thought it might be coming. 
And uh, then I said, I'm going to take some time. I had written my, I'd already published my first book. Tell me more. I hadn't had time to promote it. I wanted to write more books. Um, and I just said, I'm going to take this time. And, and that mental decision to make the transition back into entrepreneurship at that time was very powerful to me. Um, I'm really glad I did it. And I'm glad I did it for the right reasons so that it fills me differently today. Mm. But that, that must've been, well, I suppose, not the the shock if you were talking about it and you're kind of expecting it, but it still takes strength and courage to be able to face uncertainty, especially when it comes with, you know, I think there's the, the only thing that I think we, we hold on to sort of job is we, we get accustomed to the monthly income and uncertainty. That's it. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. I think there's no security in a job. The security comes, I think, from your own business, to be honest. As risky yes. as people call it, there's, there's more security yes. there than there is in a job because you can be let go at any moment in time with the job. But mm-hmm. we get used to the certainty that like every month if we have a job, we're going to get this amount of income, which we begin to right. base our lifestyle on. And But anytime we sort of have a change, it, it is that the uncertainty, like, oh, shoot, what next? But you, yeah. but instead of reacting, respond as you did, you land on your feet and you have beautifully done that. And I think that's the wonderful part. So what made you, you know, so when you left that corporate position, what sort of role, what kind of business did you open then? And is that when this opened, this business of uh, in Kenya started? No, that actually took quite a while. Um, and I, just to your point too, I mean, I was very fortunate because uh, my husband said, don't worry, we'll make this, you know, work. And and I, I was fortunate that his work environment allowed me to take that time mm-hmm. and allowed me the, um, the opportunity to build a new business and have have support financially for that. Um, and so when I first built the new business, Shock Your Potential, um, it was really just going to be me speaking and training. And mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do. That's when I said, this is what I want to do. I want to continue to write. I want to continue to teach and motivate people in leadership and especially sales leadership. And that's my passion. But two things really came out of it. Number one is I remember interviewing somebody from my podcast, the Shock Your Potential podcast a couple of years ago. And I remember he was saying, you know, the thing about entrepreneurship is you, when you think about it being a gamble to your point, uh, you realize that the only gamble is if you only have one source of income for your business. Now I'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a minute. He goes, but when you look at it that way, you look at a job that you had in corporate America and you might say that's more secure because if I have a job where somebody's paying me every month and he said, but it's exactly the same as being an entrepreneur with only one customer is that your customer, if they leave, you're out of luck in your job. If the job changes, the job goes away, you're out of luck. And I knew uh, before the pandemic hit, I knew that I was putting all my eggs in my speaking and training basket. Mm. And I knew that that wasn't where I needed to be because that was no more secure than anything else. But I was doing so well with it Mm. that I said, I'm going to keep this up going because it's doing fine. And then when the world changed and the reality that hit, it was a really great eye-opening experience for me to say, I'm not going to ever put myself in this position again, which Mm. is when I started to expand my business, which then had people asking, how are you doing it? Which turned into having the business in Kenya. And that's when, you know, the, that moment where you're like, okay, you know what? God's trying to tell me something. I better start listening. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that. I think, and I love the fact that you, you mentioned this because a lot of the times when we face adversity, we always have the question, why is God doing this to me? Why mm. me? And what's going on? Whereas actually 
God's doing it for you um, and mm-hmm. actually is pointing you in a different direction because you no longer need to be or you've you've out, outgrown the place where you are and you have to yeah. move into a different place. It may be a different business. It may be a different uh, version of the uh, iteration of the same business as is in the case with you. It could be different uh, or it could be similar, but you are no longer needed or required or should be where you are. And, right. and, that, and there's also, if you stay in one place too long, there's stagnant growth. You don't no longer grow as well as a person, right. as a business. And I find that to be the case in, in myself that every time I've been put in a difficult situation, I've had to work after change my plans, which is fair enough. I had to work on different things and that's, that's good enough as well. And even in my personal life, every time I've really tried something and it hasn't worked. Uh, and for example, you know, there was a school that I really wanted my son to go to and he didn't secure that particular school, but he got another one, which I didn't really pay much attention to. Yeah. And then when I went to visit um, the school from my child's point of view, not from a mother's point of view, like where my son should go with my, you know, I'm Gul Khan and my son should go X, Y, Z school. <laughs> when I did it from my perspective of my son, I tell you the school he got into was the most perfect school for him. And I, yeah. and he's going to some others as well, but that school is the one I'm thinking of because it suits him perfectly. And actually mm-hmm. what I want from my son, it, it takes all of the criteria and it's just such a perfect environment for my son. Yet yeah. I had not even considered it as a, as a real possibility because I had my heart set on this other particular school, which now look in hindsight, when I'm looking comparing the two, not because we didn't gain, but because even if he did, I was going yeah. to visit all the schools and make a decision afterwards. Even if he had got in, I would no longer go for that school because this right. school is suits his character more, who he is. So I think God always is listening and yeah. sometimes, you know, there's, I think Steve Harvey says, this, God withholds things from you at times because they're not, they're not good for you. You know, what you, right. what you desire is sometimes actually not in your better interest and God knows better as they yeah. say, God knows better. And this happens in a business as well. You know, at times you really want to, you really want to go for something. You really want to try something. And you're like, why am I doing, I'm doing all this. Why isn't it working God? Why are you not helping me? Yeah. But God has a better plan. He wants you to do something else. And yeah. this is where you have to listen. I think this is where you have to have the mindset that device energy, the universe, whatever name you tag you want to give yep. it, is always working in your favor, is always working for you, not against you. Yeah. And, and, I, and I love that. And, this, this, and the thing from your story, what I've gathered is every time things have not gone in the way you wanted, you've held them to that faith. You've had that mindset and things worked out the best way for you. And I think if, it, if 2020 wasn't as difficult for you as it, as, as it seems, you wouldn't have the business in Kenya that you do now where you're helping Absolutely. people as well as, you know, reaping the benefits. You know, that, that is, for me, that is the best business to be where you are yeah. providing support, you're providing employment, you are providing uh, this great opportunity for them and you're financially being rewarded too. What an amazing place to be. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay, awesome. So on that note, we're going to wrap up. So um, thank you so much for sharing your life experience with us, Michael. You are amazing, as I said at the beginning, and you are such a fabulous, fabulous lady. Please tell us, um, how can we connect with you on the internet? How can we, you know, how can we find you? Absolutely. Well, first, our primary business is Shock Your Potential. So just look up shockyourpotential.com, just as it says, all three words. If you want to know more about our Kenya staffing company, you can also reach out to me that way. And I'll give you my direct uh, email as well. But Kukua Biz is the name of our, our staffing company, and that's spelled K U. 
K-U-A-B-I-Z, Kukwa Biz, and Kukwa means growth in Swahili. Um, my email is michael at shockyourpotential.com. So if you have questions about either business, just pop me an email. Let me know. Let me know you heard about us uh, from this podcast and uh, I'll take your questions and help any way we can. Fantastic. So if you are listening to us on the podcast, remember all the links that Michael's just mentioned will be in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have all her links. Also do check her out. She is amazing. And I'm actually going to have a chat with her about her Kenya workshop afterwards anyway, because I think we can all do with, uh, and you always need, as your business grows, you need more staff, you need more help. And I am of the firm opinion, you should have people in the pipeline in case you do have people who leave because life happens and yeah. people move on. And you need to have people in the pipeline all the time for your business to continue running. Otherwise, one person who's key to your business leaves. I've had this before and you're in a bit of a pickle. <laughs> Yes, I've had this happen absolutely. as well. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for being such an amazing guest for us today on Friday Feature. We have to have you back on Money Talkies too, so we can pick your brains and work out how you know we can build better businesses. But until until then, until we speak to them, thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you. And thank you for listening to me and Michael today. I will be back on another Friday feature with another amazing guest, finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.